Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm Natasha Smith coming to you from Colorado Springs, Colorado. And we'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. On today's program, we examine a ministry called Preborn, which has grown dramatically over the last three years, and we'll tell you why. Also on today's program, another pastor has been charged with felonies for his participation in the January 6, 2021 riot at the U.S. Capitol. We'll have some details about that as well. We begin today with the story of a youth pastor whose lapse in judgment has garnered national attention. Yeah, this student pastor at a South Carolina church has been placed on administrative leave after reportedly handing out stickers to students that read, I heart hot youth pastors. The stickers caught attention online after they appeared in a social media post from someone who claimed that their 14-year-old sister had received the sticker from her 35-year-old youth pastor who had given them out to the students. Fairview Baptist Church, a Southern Baptist congregation in Greer, South Carolina, announced on Sunday, October 9th, its student pastor, Corey Wall, had been placed on administrative leave and will not be involved in student leadership while it conducts an investigation. Yeah, this student pastor, uh, Corey Wall, as you mentioned, Natasha, has acknowledged that he made a poor decision by making the bumper stickers. He said that he intended them as a joke, but has acknowledged that um, that joke was in poor taste and, in fact, a mistake. But the stickers touched a collective nerve on social media. Yeah, it did. And that may be, for me at least, one of the more interesting aspects of this story. It's, you know, proof once again that in the internet age, events can take on a life of their own, that there's no such thing as a local story whenever you can post it on the worldwide web. And ministry leaders should understand that and behave accordingly. Our next story involves an Ohio pastor who's been arrested on felony charges in connection with the Capitol riot on January 6, 2021. Yeah, on Wednesday of last week, that was October the 5th, Bill Dunphy, who's the pastor of New Beginnings Ministries in Warsaw, Ohio, was arrested on federal felony charges, plus a number of misdemeanor charges as well. Dunphy has been charged with interfering with a law enforcement officer during a civil disorder and obstruction of an official proceeding. Those are the two felonies. He was also charged with five misdemeanors. And once again, this is a story that came to pass because of the Internet. That's exactly right. The FBI uh, was, of course, investigating, um, you know, the January 6 riots, and they became aware of Dunphy's involvement in February of 2021, a month later, when someone posted information about him on Facebook. And in fact, let me read this Facebook post to you. Uh, it, it says this, my local ministry group was there and members of our group stormed the Capitol for a redress of our grievances. Leading the way was Pastor Bill. We as Christians have the duty to overthrow evil. It's not yet known when Dunphy is set to appear in federal court. 
Yeah, that's right. But what we do know is that Dunphy is now one of more than 900 people who have been charged in connection with the Capitol riot. Social media and, and video postings on social media have been used uh, regularly to help identify these people. And many of them have been, in fact, pastors and church leaders. Well, Warren, we need to take a break. When we return, a pro-life ministry has gotten a boost from Glenn Beck and has grown exponentially as a result. I'm Natasha Smith. Along with my co-host, Warren Smith, we'll have that story and much more after this short break. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Smith, along with my co-host, Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Well, up next, the story we promised before the break, it's the story of a group called Preborn. Yeah, until recently, Preborn has flown, you might say, under the radar and operated in the background of the pro-life movement uh, by supporting pregnancy uh, resource centers as a grant writer and support system. But in the last few years, it has seen dramatic growth by engaging in partnerships with Christian and conservative radio programs. In 2018, Preborn's annual revenue was $6.8 million, according to Grant Getty, Senior Director of Ministry Development. It is on track to see $21 million in revenue this fiscal year. Yeah, we rarely see ministries grow that much that quickly from 7 million to 21 million, literally uh, three times growth. But Preborn uh, has adopted a strategy of partnering with well-known talk show hosts, including Glenn Beck, uh, Ben Shapiro, and uh, Mark Levin. While not all these hosts are evangelical Christians, in fact, none of the three that I just mentioned are. Glenn Beck is Mormon, and Ben Shapiro and Mark Levin are both Jewish. Getty said that they have found there that there was synergy with these hosts because many of their listeners are, in fact, pro-life Christians. Its founder, Dan Steiner, is up front with conservative radio hosts about the mission and desire to save babies' lives while also saving souls. Yeah, Getty said that he thinks preborn's focus on evangelism sets it apart from other pro-life ministries. Uh, the staff of its partner clinics are trained in evangelism uh, through material materials that Steiner has developed. It's a it's a material a curriculum called the Invitation. Now, according to its website, preborn pregnancy clinics lead the nation in the percentage of patients who come to know Jesus as Savior. Now, Natasha, I should add, and I know you know this is true 
two, because you've done a lot of research and even wrote a book on um, pregnancy resource centers around the country, that most of the pregnancy resource centers do consider evangelism to be an important part of their mission. So I do want to temper what Getty is saying by acknowledging all the pro-life resource centers around the country, because they are not only meeting the physical needs, but also the spiritual needs of many of the uh, families that show up on their doorsteps. Uh, Now, I should also add that uh, Getty says that the majority of the resources that it deploys are in what he calls abortion sanctuary cities and states. In other words, these are cities where there are a larger number of abortions than normal. These are cities like Miami, Chicago, New York, Houston, and Dallas. Up next, we have a study conducted by Bank of America that says the state of philanthropy could be changing. Yeah, you know, most parents think their children will follow in their philanthropic footsteps, but today's wealthy charitable donors want to differentiate themselves from their parents and give in different ways. That's maybe the chief finding from a new study that uh, from Bank of America. Uh, the study is called the 2022 Bank of America Private Bank Study of Wealthy Americans um, noted that most well-to-do people of all ages feel compelled to give to philanthropic causes, and the majority of them, about 72%, say that they're not in it for the publicity, that they, in fact, prefer to give anonymously. However, although 82% of parents believe that their children share the same vision and goals when it comes to giving, members of younger generations, especially women, actually feel the need to pave their own way in the world of philanthropy. Yeah, this is another surprising finding of this study. 76% of younger survey respondents said that they would prefer to establish a philanthropic identity that is separate from their parents, and that number was even higher among younger women. That number was 88%. Now, why are these numbers significant? Well, they're significant on a number of different levels, Natasha. I would say on a personal level, they're significant for the church because financial stewardship is a part of discipleship, or at least it should be. These numbers indicate that we need to teach our children about generosity and what should be important to them in terms of the way they give money. But there's also a lesson here for ministry leaders, for high-capacity givers, especially the matriarchs and the patriarchs of the families, and people that are involved in foundations. Uh, I'm just mentioning a few folks that might be interested in this particular aspect of it, and that is that you can't assume that those who follow you, whether it's children or, or people that succeed you in ministry leadership, will follow in your footsteps. There are lots of stories of philanthropists who have set up foundations for a particular purpose, but if you look at those foundations, let's say 50 years later, they're funding causes that in some cases are almost the opposite of what the original donor intended. I think, for example, of the Pew Charitable Trust, which is uh, was founded by J. Howard Pugh, and who was a very committed Christian. Today, many of the fund grants coming from the Pew Charitable Trust go to causes that I'm sure would cause J. Howard Pugh a great deal of concern. On the other hand, you have a 
a foundation like the McClellan Foundation based in Chattanooga, who is very, which is very clear that it funds Christian causes and over the course of several generations has continued to do so. So you can be intentional about these things, but it does take work. This survey highlights the twin dangers that we often talk about here, mission drift on the part of the organization and this failure that I just talked about, this failure to honor donor intent. And that's why I wanted to highlight that study on our website this week. Well, Warren, we're going to take another break. When we return, our lightning round of ministry news of the week. I'm Natasha Smith with my co-host Warren Smith. More in a moment. Hello everyone, I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Smith with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. We like to use this last segment as a sort of lightning round of shorter news briefs. What do you have first? Well, up first, we have another survey, a new survey of 1,000 Protestant pastors, and it finds that about half of them are concerned about the economy. They say that the economy is hurting their churches. The survey comes from Lifeway, which is the publishing arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, and it also found that most pastors, though, say that congregational giving, at least so far this year, is in line with previous year's giving. The survey found that 52 said the economy was having a negative impact on their churches. That's up 15% from a year ago. Overall, about 40% said the economy wasn't having any impact, and 7% said the economy was having a positive impact on their churches. And the survey was taken in September. Yeah, that's right. And it marks the first time since 2016 that more than half of pastors feel that the economy is having a negative impact. And the first time since 2012, more than a decade, that fewer than 10% see the the economy is having a positive impact. However, 46% of pastors said that giving so far has been what they budgeted for the year. And 23%, in fact, said that giving was higher than budgeted. And who did Christina Darnell highlight in her Ministries Making a Difference column? Yeah, we've got several that I'd like to highlight for you. One is um, Adult and Teen Challenge of Arkansas. They have uh, created uh, an initiative that they call Restoration Station, which is an umbrella ministry that oversees businesses uh, to train rehab participants and students in practical life skills. So, for example, uh, they do woodworking. The Restoration Station Wood Shop restores old furniture uh, donated to the thrift store, and there is also Restoration Lawn care. Now, I should add that Adult and Teen Challenge um, 
is uh, in our Ministry Watch database. It has an A transparency grade and a one-star financial efficiency rating, which candidly is not that great uh, according to uh, our rating system, but it does have a overall donor confidence score of 74, which means that you can give with confidence. And we're also seeing a lot of Christian ministries responding to Hurricane Ian, uh, mostly in Florida. Churches in Florida, uh, for example, are partnering with Nazarene Compassionate Ministries to provide care for victims of Hurricane Ian. Mercy Chefs has served over 100,000 chef-inspired meals to storm victims and emergency workers in Fort Myers and the surrounding region. And Gulf Coast Church of Christ is becoming sort of a central point for the Churches of Christ disaster relief effort in the area. Once again, they're in Fort Myers, and after Hurricane Ian pummeled the area, they have brought in at least two semi-truckloads full of food and cleaning supplies, and that's just so far. Do you have any final thoughts before we go today? Yeah, just a couple. Uh, A reminder that I'll be hosting a lunch for Ministry Watch Friends in Charlotte on October 26th, and I'll be in Newport Beach, California on November 15th. So if you live in either Charlotte or Newport Beach, that's a southern suburb of Los Angeles down in Orange County, uh, you should be getting an email from me with more information. But if you want to make sure that you get an invitation, please email me, and I'll be sure to put you on the list. All of these lunches, by the way, are free. They're just our way of saying Thank you for being a part of the work here at Ministry Watch. And I also want to add that we have made some slight adjustments to our financial efficiency rating formula. That's our one to five star rating system that we talk about a lot here on the program and on on the website. We now divide the database into fifths or quintiles. That means the top 20% of ministries get a five star rating. The next 20% get four stars, and so on down the line. Now, that is slightly different than the dividing lines that we used before. We think that this new system is simpler, and uh, it will also allow ministries that make improvements to be able to change their ratings more easily from, say, for example, one-star to two-star or two-star to three-star. The change to our rating system did result in about 100 ministries out of the 1,000 in our database getting new scores, some of them a little higher and some of them a little lower. So if you want a complete explanation of what we did and why, look in Thursday's email where we have an article that describes the full ratings system process. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosal and Jeff McIntosh. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Guttard, Stephen DeBerry, Emily Kern, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suddeth. Writers who contributed to today's program include Kim Roberts, Ann Steich, Dale Chamberlain, Yunat Shimron, and Christina Darnell. Special thanks to churchleaders.com for providing materials for this week's podcast. And you've been listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Until next time, may God bless you.